Success Odyssey. Law of Attraction. New Thought. Spirituality. Holistic Healing. Motivational Practices. Body, Mind, and Spirit. Spiritual Awakening. The Power of Love. Universal Harmony. Transformation. Success Odyssey. Hi, I'm Brian Jude. I'm an ordinary person just like you. But more than that, I've realized I'm an extraordinary person just like you. So join me as together we embark on our success odyssey. Namaste and welcome back to Success Odyssey. I apologize that I have not had an episode up in a while. Um, you know, and it's funny, the episode that I had prepared for last week was all about, well, more about time management and ways to manage your time so that you can get things done the way that you need to get done. And I find that I'm constantly battling this. I find myself with a lack of time. And I understand a lot of it has to do with my own mental perception uh, that I need to perceive it as having an abundance of time. And there's lots of techniques that can help me with this process. But it really has been a very busy week. I've definitely been working on a handful of different projects. And it's really affecting my ability to do the things that I want to do. But... I'm committed to changing this. I'm committed to turning this around. And I really wanted to get you an episode of Success Odyssey out. And as it turns out, Anthony Hamilton, who was a guest a few episodes back, decided that he wanted to come back and talk more about his book, Mind, Time, and Power, where he talks about the idea of mental time travel uh, and the different uh, concepts about how what happens to us now has influences not only from the present, uh, I'm sorry, not only from the past, but also from the future. This is a very Einsteinian concept, and I started reading his book. I had some more questions I wanted to ask him in relation to that, some ideas I thought was would be beneficial to the listeners. And uh, he also spoke a little bit about my time situation. So uh, before I get into that interview, though, I wanted to tell you about another success that I had recently, uh, this time revolving around my vision board. Uh, now, I've talked about my vision board a few times on this show. I had a whole uh, episode where I explained my vision board. One of the quadrants to my vision board uh, is my family quadrant, where I had images of my family and the things I wanted to achieve for my family, uh, including, you know, manifesting more money, manifesting, you know, more closeness, family togetherness, uh, the ideas of envisioning a dream house, you know, getting another car, taking vacations. Uh, there was one image in particular that I had, uh, as many of you might know, my wife and I, and now my children basically, are fans of the comedic singer Weird Al Yankovic. In fact, my wife and I basically met and fell in love because of him. And uh, as it turned out, Weird Al Yankovic actually at one point dared me to propose marriage to my wife. And that's what I gave her her engagement ring. Um, but I had an image of him on the board because I knew that he was going to be on tour this year and thought it would be, I'd love it for my family uh, to see him in concert finally together for the first time, or at least my wife and, and my son and I. Uh, my son's never been to a concert before, but you know, it was very particular that I had his image on my family vision board. Well, as it turns out, uh, he has a new book that came out, basically called Weird Al the Book, uh, which is actually written by, uh, what is it? As it turns out, he has a new book out called Weird Al the Book, which is actually written by Nathan Rabin, uh, with some comments by Al himself. And he decided to do a book signing just a few towns north of me in Paramus, New Jersey. Uh, this was Monday, October 22nd. And uh, very effortlessly, my friend Rob sent me an email telling me about it. And as it turns out, we were able to go. So once again, something from my vision board 
easily and effortlessly just manifested itself into my life without my thinking, without my trying, just the sheer enjoyment that this book was coming out. And uh, lo and behold, I was able to bring my family to see Weird Al, which is what that uh, image on my vision board represented. Granted, it wasn't a concert. Uh, that could be partly because of my own self-limiting thoughts, perhaps. Uh, the, thoughts, the thoughts that I don't have enough money to go to the concert. Hmm. So that probably prevented me from going to the concert. And I understand that this might, that is my own self-limiting thought. But the fact that I still had that positive feeling out there, uh, the idea that I wanted my family to see Weird Al, it was even maybe perhaps a little bit better than a concert because my whole family was there. We were able to talk with him for a few moments, get our picture taken with him. And uh, there it is right off my vision board into my life. So maybe just maybe if I put the same effortlessness into everything else that's on my vision board, maybe I'll start to see more of them popping into my life. That would be a wonderful thing. Okay, so now that that's over with, uh, I'd like to turn the conversation now to our interview with Anthony Hamilton, the author of Mind, Time, and Power. And uh, it's really, it's a fascinating book. If you have not read it yet, do check it out. And uh, do listen to the episode uh, that I put out a few uh, episodes back. I can't remember what number that is, but look for Anthony Hamilton, Mind, Time, and Power uh, on the blog pages, whether it's either successodyssey.wordpress.com or iirnet.wordpress.com or even on the Overnight Scapes Underground, onsug.com. Check that out. And uh, here is the interview. And here we are once again with my friend, Anthony Hamilton, the author of Mind, Time, and Power. How are you today, Anthony? I'm doing great, Brian. Great, great. So we spoke a bit about your book last time. Uh, and if you, like I mentioned, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that first episode, please go back and check it out. But now that I've uh, started to read the book, I've got some few specific questions that I think uh, you might be able to expand on uh, for the listeners here. Um, actually, the first question I want to ask, you, you talk about the m brain basically being two brains, and you talk about the studies that uh, scientists have done where they've separated the left side of the brain from the right side of the brain. Talk a little bit about that and how that affects the whole mind, time, and power uh, situation. Yeah, that's an interesting question, Brian. Uh, this is something that was discovered, oh, a couple of decades ago. And, of course, uh, people are still trying to figure out what it means. But the way that I understand it is that uh, we have a logical brain. We can call that the left brain. And then we have the right brain, which thinks in a different way. To me, it's a little bit like an analog computer versus a digital computer. You know, they both do very similar things, but they process information differently. So the way that I think about it is that the left part of my brain or the left brain is logical and sequential and uses language. And the right side of my brain uses, shall we say, feelings and emotions. And then stuck in the middle is this thing that they've discovered that they call the explainer. And this is really a fascinating part of our personality because we believe what we do because it seems logical to us. But in fact, it's no more logical than anything else. Like if you, if you talk to a friend who has trouble saving money, for example, and you say to them, you know, you should pay yourself first. 
then they're going to say, well, I just don't have any money left. I mean, every month, you know, at the end of the month, I'm, I've paid all my bills. I haven't got any money left to save. And you say, well, pay yourself on the first of the month. As soon as you get your paycheck, you know, take the money out. And what you'll find is that you go through the rest of the month and the money disappears. But because you've paid yourself first already, you have that little bit of money in the, in the bank account. So they'll give you all kinds of explanations why this won't work. And, of course, the explanations don't make any sense except to this person that's using them, right? So what I've found with these two parts of the brain is that if you have something that, for example, is difficult for you to do, the reason it's difficult for you to do if you're procrastinating or if you're a salesperson and you're having trouble picking up the phone, something like that, the reason you're having trouble with it is because it feels uncomfortable to you. And you will have an explanation of why it feels uncomfortable. Now, that explanation doesn't make any sense except to you. So what I've found is this. If I can teach myself how to feel something, for example, I, I can feel lucky or I feel successful or I feel positive, and I simply make sure that I feel that way while I'm thinking about this thing that I want to do, my brain, my explainer in my brain will tie together my feeling and my thought in a way that it makes sense for me to feel lucky or it makes sense for me to feel successful. And once you do that a few times and you link up the feeling of success with that, feeling, with that thing that you want to do, suddenly you're able to do it because it feels good. And the explanation that you come up with is really kind of irrelevant. But it's an amazing experience to go through. You can try it yourself and your listeners can try it. Something that is difficult for you to do. Just take the feeling away from it. Replace it with a positive feeling. And you'll find it's easier to do and it makes sense to do it that way. That is absolutely fascinating to me. And you, of course, know why. It's something I've been talking about for a while my biggest struggle, as I've mentioned before, is uh, dealing with time these days, which is another reason why I wanted to talk with you again. And this, I think, pretty much answers the question that I wanted to address. Um, give me an example of a way that you could change your feeling, as you mentioned, uh, in regards to a certain situation to help you know that explainer come up with a better rationale. Give, can you give an example of that? Yeah, this is something that I teach everybody. As a matter of fact, I've even taught this to school children, and they love it. And everybody can do it. I think I might have talked about this the last time we were on the call. Probably. Take a sheet of paper and write down what I would call a couple of past successes. Mm -hmm. And simply by listing those, for example, getting a high school diploma or learning how to ride a bicycle or getting your driver's license, some, you know, making a sale, something like that, you will have a way then to feel successful simply by reading that sheet of paper. So simply by, by reading over that list of successes, you will start to feel successful. Now, how this ties into my mind, time, and power theory is simply the fact that if you consider traveling through time and traveling through space to be the same thing, which is what Einstein said, then if you're driving along the road, you know, you're at uh, First Avenue, for example, and you drive over to Third Avenue, now you're, 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 your present situation is Third Avenue. But First Avenue hasn't gone anywhere. It's still there. 
Mm. It hasn't it hasn't disappeared. It's still there. So your past, in a sense, is still there. So these past successes, that those times and those places where you experience those successes, they're still there. And when you think about them, you connect to that past time, and that success energy flows into your body just the same as if you call a friend of yours on the phone, the information from your friend flows into your phone and you pick it up. Even though your friend is not there, the information is there. So, number one, make a list of past successes and start to teach yourself what it feels like to feel successful. So there's a positive feeling. Now, you can do the same thing with feeling loved, feeling lucky, feeling creative, feeling intelligent. All you have to do is make an intelligence list, a lucky list, a loved list. And simply by having those places in your mind or having those thoughts, those memories, if you want to call them that, in your mind and thinking about them, you will start to recognize that it's possible for you to feel any way you want to feel. And when you feel lucky and you connect that feeling of luck to picking up the phone and calling a prospect, for example, then your mind is going to say to you, yeah, you could be lucky if you call this guy because he's liable to say yes. So it will seem logical for you to feel lucky when you pick up the phone, whereas now you might feel fearful when you think about picking up the phone. So, the, so it's kind of a process. Number one, you use your memories to identify certain times and certain places in the past where these positive feelings are. You teach yourself how to feel these feelings and then you simply connect the feeling in your mind by feeling that feeling and thinking about the thing you want to think about and your mind automatically will connect the two. Because one, one of the fundamental principles, of course, in, in brain science is the idea that neurons that fire together wire together. So if you're thinking of a certain thought while you're feeling lucky, you will automatically start to feel lucky every time you think about that. That almost reminds me of the whole uh, Pavlov dog experiment with the ringing of the bell and getting the dog to salivate. Is that kind of a similar process? It's exactly the same thing. Wow. And this, and this is the essence of Anthony Robbins' material, too. When you listen to Anthony Robbins' stuff, this is the basis of his whole system. It's learning to feel the way you want to feel while you're doing the thing you want to do. So if you feel positive and excited... And, and happy when you're picking up the phone to call a prospect, then pretty soon, I mean literally within a day or two probably, you will start to feel positive and happy and successful just by picking up the phone. And as a matter of fact, I'll tell you a story about me because I used to have trouble picking up the phone too. And so when I call somebody, I asked myself one day, what's the nicest feeling that I can feel? Or one of the nicest feelings, I just love to feel this way. What is it? And what I, what I decided was, when I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I can hear my wife breathing beside me, and I know that I'm loved, that's a great feeling. So I decided to connect that feeling with the action of picking up the phone and calling a business or calling a company that I might want to do some work with. And immediately my mind said, well, yeah, that's great because if you were to make an appointment with these people and do some business with them, your wife would love you even more. Mm, good point. 
So that's the explainer, right? I mean, it, like it makes no sense logically to say, when I pick up the phone to call a prospect, I feel loved. And yet that's exactly what happens. That's great. That is great. Anthony, my next uh, question for you. Uh, in your book, you talk about how questions can be like footprints. Can you explain that a bit? Okay, here's the deal. Let's say you're walking on the sand and you put your footprint in the sand, right? Yeah. The water comes in, and what shape does the water take? It takes the shape of your footprint. Exactly. Now, let's say you put a pair of boots on and you make a footprint in the sand again. What shape does the footprint take? And if the water flows in, what shape does the water take? It takes the footprint. Uh, the footprint is the shape of the boot, and the water follows suit. Exactly. So the water, in this example, the water is information. And the footprint is your, is your question. So depending on how you frame the question, depending on the shape of your question, that's the shape of the information that you get. So it's almost about from what aspect are you asking a particular question. Exactly. I'll give you a perfect example. I was talking to someone recently, and they, and they said to me, you know, because we were talking about setting a goal and creating a, a goal. And if you think about it, you will connect with that future time when you have achieved the goal. So she says to me, do you mean if I just think about how can I get to Hawaii that my mind will give me the information that enables me to get there? And I said, yeah, that's exactly right. If you just ask yourself, how can I get to Hawaii? Your mind will start to give you ideas about how you can get to Hawaii. And you'll find yourself saying things like, well, you can buy a ticket on this airline or, or you could buy a ticket on that airline or you could work a part-time job and save some money. But I said, what if you ask yourself a different question? What if you say to yourself, how can I get to Hawaii for free? Mm, nice. You, your mind will give you information about how you can do that. And this blew her mind. She said, wow, I never, I, never asked, I never thought about that. I said, well, there's just as many ideas as how you can get to Hawaii for free as there is how you can get to Hawaii by paying for it. And I said, if you go one step further and say to yourself, how can I get to Hawaii and actually get paid to do it, you'll come up with all kinds of ideas about how to do that. You know, you'll, you know, maybe you'll think about, well, I'll go to the local paper and I'll pitch them an idea for me going to Hawaii and writing a story on my trip and they'll pay me for it and that'll pay for the trip. So, again, it's the, it's the, it's the question, the way you frame the question that shapes the way the information comes into your mind. And conversely, that could work to our disadvantage too because she could be asking, well, how come I can't get to Hawaii? And then, of course, what kind of water fills in that kind of footprint? Exactly right. Now think about this. Think about something like fear. Mm -hmm. Talking about picking up the phone again to make an appointment with somebody, right? Well, if you feel fearful, then your mind's going to say, gee, in what ways could this be a painful experience for me to pick up the phone? And your mind's going to say, well, the person could yell at you. The person could hang up the phone. The person could be rude. So the information that comes in is shaped by the question. And one of the things I say in the book it's that a feeling is a kind of a question, too, just as we talked about a minute ago. So if you learn to feel lucky when you're thinking about your goals, your mind will give you information about how you can achieve your goals through luck. Wow. 
Yeah, one of the things one of the things that I noticed about me some time ago was that unconsciously and automatically, and of course this is what we're talking about, right? We're talking about these unconscious patterns, you know. What I realized about me was that every time I think about the future, I unconsciously was thinking about it in terms of effort. Mm. Because because I learned when I was young that it, you have to work hard to be successful. And haven't, so we, all, any, haven't we all learned that lesson? <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. So unconsciously, without even realizing it, any time I thought about achieving something, the idea came to me that it was going to be difficult. And I was thinking of all these difficult ways of doing it and how it was going to be expensive and difficult and hard and whatever. And then I just, I just decided to turn that around. And I thought of myself skiing because I like to ski. So I thought if I'm skiing and my goal is to get to that tree over there, it's pretty easy because I'm going downhill. All I have to do is just sort of ski over there. So that became my new model for achieving my goals is that I just, I'm just going to slide into it. You, you just have to let go and let the forces of nature take over, which in this case of skiing is gravity. But there's other forces of nature that influence the rest of our lives. Yeah, you've got it. You know, the law of attraction or luck or fate or whatever. You know, one of my one of my favorite quotes from uh, one of my mentors, his name is Michael Lozier. He, he has a book called um, Law of Attraction. And he says, let the law of attraction take care of it. So if you're struggling or if your listeners are struggling with how to achieve something, how to get to Hawaii, how to find a new job, how to how to how to find a new relationship, whatever. Just say to yourself, I'll let the law of attraction look after it. And it will. Because if you think of uh, the struggle part, if you, if you think that there's a lot of hard work involved and you put up a great deal of struggle, what you're going to attract in that case is just simply more struggle. It's, it's, it's resistance to getting what you want. That's why, you know, when you have that sense of ease, things just flow to you more easily. Exactly. And let's face it, there are some, some things in life that come easily to you. You know, using, using the recording software, for example, that you're using, that's easy for you. And um, there are some things that are difficult for you. But the only reason they're difficult is because you think of them as being difficult. Mm. Now, of course, this is easy to say. You know, I'm not <laughs> saying that my life is perfect in every aspect either. But certainly it's an ongoing process of becoming aware of our thoughts and aware of, of our attitudes and our beliefs. And as we become more aware of them, you know, we get to shape them a little bit better. So it's an ongoing process of improving ourselves every day. Nice, nice. Uh, Anthony, next question I want to ask you about. You bring up an acronym in your book. Uh, that's the acronym of MAGIC. Can you explain that a little bit? MAGIC. I love magic. When I was a kid, I was really impressed with the idea of these magicians who could make something appear out of nothing. You know, they look in the hat, see the hat's empty, and then the next thing you know, ta-da, there's a rabbit inside, right? So for me, the idea magic literally means making something appear out of nothing. And that's what we can do as people. That's the power we have as people. You with your thoughts and me with my thoughts shape my reality so that the things that appear in my life appear magically there. Now, normally we don't think about this, but it's true. And so the idea magic, when I was researching what does it take to be successful, I came up with five, five principles. 
The first one is motivation. You have to be motivated. You were asking me about somebody just before we came on the air here who's having trouble finding the time to do something. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to hide the fact that's me. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> that's true. It was you. Okay, so you're the guilty party. Yes. So finding time to do something. Well, at the moment, you don't have the time. But if you schedule it in, you will find the time. You will make the time, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you have to be motivated. So the way that you motivate yourself is you, is you make a list of the reasons why you want to do it. But what's the payoff for doing it? And you can make another list, if you want, of the cost of not doing it. What's the pain? Here's Anthony Robbins' technique again. You know, what's the pain that you're going to experience if you don't do it? So that's the motivation part. That's M. A is attitude. Well, attitude, again, is is the glass half empty or is it half full? You know, do I deserve to be successful? Or I do deserve to be successful? Or is success going to be difficult or is it going to be easy? Am I going to let the laws of the universe work for me or against me? That's the attitude part. G is goal. Well, of course, goal is probably the fundamental principle in terms of any kind of success because if we don't decide what it is we want or where we want to be one year from now, two years from now, whatever it might be, if we can't clearly identify what our goal is, we're not going to have any results. So G is goal. The I stands for imagination. And the imagination comes down to the pictures that you have in your mind. Now, what I talk about in my book is the fact that moving through time is very similar, or we could even say exactly the same, as moving through space. So if I were to call, well, this, this call that we're having right now is a perfect example. I'm living in Victoria, and you're living in New Jersey, and yet the information is traveling back and forth between the two of us. So the breakthrough idea that I came to that enabled me to write this book is the idea that thinking is a connection. So we are connected now through the Internet. But in my book, I say that the imagination is the connection. So think of the imagination as a kind of a telephone cable or something like that connecting two things or maybe a string connecting do tin cans you know, that we do as kids. So the imagination is the, is the string, is the, is the connection. So when I think about my past in terms of the past successes, the imagination connects me with the past success and the information flows in and I feel successful now because the information is flowing from that past success. When I connect with my goal, The information, the ideas, the feelings of success, they come in through that connection of my imagination. So the imagination is the connecting medium, you might say. So we've got M for motivation, A for attitude, G for goals, I for imagination, and the last one is C, which stands for consciousness. And consciousness is simply sort of the overriding principle that my inner world and my outer world match. What I experience physically in the outer world is a reflection of my attitudes, beliefs, emotions, feelings, and thoughts. So my thoughts automatically become real. This is what's true for me as a human being, and it's true for all of us. So once you get the idea that if you set a goal, if you have a positive attitude about it, if you can motivate yourself by thinking of the benefits of achieving it, you let your imagination feed you information and you let the law of attraction, we could say, 
connect you with the possibility that you want to experience, then you can literally create simply by using your thoughts. You can create a new holiday for yourself. You can create the money to buy a new car. You can create the time to complete your goals. And that is magic. And that is magic. So that's the process of what I call mental magic. So motivation, once again, motivation, attitude. Attitude, goals, goals, imagination. And consciousness. And consciousness. So those five things. And it's great because you can use them with any particular goal you have. You know, let's say you're trying to find a job or one of your listeners is looking for a, for a, for a, you know, for a new job. Well, that's the goal, right? What's the attitude? Well, the attitude is going to have to be positive. So I can do this. I'm a valuable person. There's lots of jobs out there. I only need one job. And if I keep looking, I'll find it. If I persist, I can win. So there's the attitude part. Motivation. What's it going to mean to me when I get a job? What are the benefits? What's, What's the cost of not finding a new job? And can I imagine myself? in that job? Can I see myself in my imagination? Can I see myself in the new job? And then trusting that your consciousness is going to put you in touch with opportunities to experience finding that new job. So you can use those five parts of the process to achieve any particular thing in your life, whether it's big or whether it's small. Wow. I really love the fact that you can apply that to anything. That's really, really great. Uh, Anthony, I, I want to shift the conversation now to probably what I figured to be the bulk of the conversation. And I know that uh, I was not able to finish reading the book and I, I left off right where we started talking about this. And you've referenced, of course, already um, a few times this this whole idea of Einsteinian thinking versus Newtonian thinking. Uh, you talk a little bit about what you know how Newton saw the world and then Early in the 20th century, Einstein came around and had different uh, other views. I think this is important for anyone studying the law of attraction to understand what was it exactly that Einstein had to say and how did that change everyone's thinking and you know, how come the rest of the world hasn't caught up to that whereas most of us are sort of living lives according to Newtonian principles. I'd love for you to explain this a little bit more. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big piece of the whole puzzle here. And... Um, let me, let me start just by giving a, a story here. You remember it used to be in the old days, people looked up at the stars and they saw the stars going around the earth. And it was pretty clear that the stars were going around the earth and the earth was in the center and the earth was still because you could see it. And then Copernicus comes by and he explains that actually it's not true that the stars are not going around the earth. The earth is spinning And that's why they appear to be going around the Earth. It's the Earth that's moving and the stars are actually stationary. And then, of course, Galileo came along and he proved it. Well, when you look up at the sky at night, it still looks like the stars are moving. So nothing physically has changed and yet now we all believe when we look up at the, at, the, at the stars at night, we all know that the earth is turning around on its axis and that the stars moving across the sky is kind of an illusion. So our whole world has changed and shifted because of that principle. And yet the evidence for it, in other words, what we see when we look up at the sky hasn't changed. 
So it's exactly the same with this new paradigm that Einstein gave us versus the old one that Newton had. Now, you remember Newton lived at a time when uh, the, the idea of duality was the, was the main principle. There was the physical world and there was the non-physical world or, or what they called the spiritual world. And the word spiritual, by the way, comes from the Latin word spiritus, which means breath. Mm-hmm. So the word, you know, uh, transpire, inspire, expire, it really means breathe in. Inspire means breathe in. Expire means breathe out. So the whole idea of there being a physical world and there being something that was invisible because you can't see your breath. So it's invisible. Even though you know it, you can feel it, you know it's there, but it's invisible. So at the time that Newton came along, this idea that there was a physical world and there were things that were non-physical was the reigning idea of the time. And so he saw everything as being physical, everything having a physical cause, and the non-physical didn't seem to have any, any effect. I mean, if you hit your finger with a hammer, it's going to hurt. doesn't matter what you think about it, it's going to hurt. So the physical cause is going to cause a physical effect. And it seemed obvious that the past was the cause of the present because all the physical causes that happened in the past, you know, hitting yourself with a hammer, let's say, then the next day you have a bruise on your finger. So it's pretty clear that the physical cause in the past created the physical present. Well, this led to all sorts of difficulties because there was no room for the non-physical influences which are all around us. It it took Einstein to come along and say the non-physical affects the physical. E equals mc squared really says that the energy which you can't see has an effect on the physical which you can see. So matter and energy being two sides of the same coin as opposed to Newton which said there's energy and there's matter and the two are completely separate. So Einstein was the guy that gave us the paradigm that said it's possible for the non-physical to affect the physical. And, of course, one way that that shows up for us is our thoughts affect our reality. So something, if I think it's positive, I'm going to feel good. If I think it's negative, I'm going to feel bad. Well, the situation hasn't changed, but my thoughts have. So he also said that... Time and space are two sides of the same coin, the same as energy and matter are two sides of the same coin. That there's no such thing as space, even though it looks like there is, and there's no such thing as time, even though it looks like there is. The two are really two sides of the same coin, and movement in time and movement in space are two sides of the same coin. And this was the thing that really opened the whole process up for me because I was looking for a logical explanation for how it's possible to get information from the future because I had experienced what you might call a uh, pre, precognitive dream when I was young and it, it, it came true for me. So I was intrigued by this whole idea of getting information from the future. And when I read some of Einstein's work, and one of the things he said was, it's possible for the causes of the present to be in the future. Well, that was a mind blower because Newton said the causes are in the past. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, if I am going to drive across town later on to see a friend of mine, that idea of me meeting my friend in the future 
is going to influence the decisions I make in the present. So when I turn left or I turn right when I'm driving across town, there's nothing in the past that determines where I turn. It's the future that I'm going to. So the goal that you have, the goal that I have, is as much shaping my present as my past is. Because if I have a goal to do something, that goal is going to inform my decisions and it's going to influence the decisions and the actions that I take in the present. So thinking about moving through time, the same as moving through space, that's the fundamental analogy that I use in my book. And so driving across town is exactly the same as achieving any goal that you have for yourself. Now, there's another part to this picture that a lot of people miss. And that is the fact that if I'm going to drive to my friend's house, I could make a mistake and end up in the house next door. Or I could be on the wrong block and end up in the house with the same address but a different street. So in other words, there are multiple addresses I can go to in the future. There's the address that I want and there's the addresses that I don't want. So one of the things that's come out of Einstein's theories, and certainly in terms of quantum mechanics, is this idea that there are multiple realities. So for example, I can achieve my goal or I can almost achieve the goal, miss it by a little bit. The same as I might miss my friend's house by a little bit. So this illusion that we have that makes perfect sense because it looks like there's one world out there. But in fact, what quantum physics tells us is there's multiple worlds out there. Your world is different from my world. Even though in everyday thought, you know, we think, okay, well, your world's the same as mine. It's pretty clear that different people can have different realities, different beliefs about what's true and what's false. So this idea from Einstein that the future influences the present, that you can get information from the future, get information from multiple futures, in fact. And this is the reason why we have to specify our goal, because all of those possible futures are communicating with us. So we have to specify the one that we want to pay attention to. It's kind of like watching television. You know, all those channels on the TV are available but if I want to watch the program on Channel 6, that's the one I set my tuner to, and the information from Channel 6 comes in. So if I want to go to Hawaii and I focus on that's what I want to do, I want to go to Hawaii at such and such a time and such and such a date, and I focus on that, I'm going to get information coming in that's going to help me achieve that goal. So... I, I understand the analogy, especially, you know, the analogy of trying to go to your friend's house and seeing that there's multiple different addresses. Um, I, could one argue, though, that in order to get to whatever address you're going to, whether it's your friend's house or the same address on another street, that destination depends upon what you do now. So in a way, it's still kind of Newtonian in thinking that you're – past is influencing your future or present or your current present which will become your past will future influence your future which will become your present what how, how does it also go backwards though i mean obviously if it's 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 this is all in terms of goal setting but what does einstein have to say about how the future affects the present or the past well he said that 
the future are just illusions. That they're all, everything, all the times exist at the same time, right? It's like if I go to my friend's house, well, my friend's house exists now, and the, per, you know, the place next door exists now. I mean, they both exist, but the one that I choose to go to, if I'm successful at going there, that's the one that I experience. So don't forget, when I, when I started to answer this question, I used the analogy of looking up at the sky and seeing the stars move, right? Well, if you tell your son, who's what, five years old? Uh, seven, actually. So maybe he's a little old now. He might know a little better. But certainly when he was younger, if you said to him, the stars move around the, the earth and the earth is still and you can see the stars spinning around, he would believe it. Yeah. Because so, that's, that's, that's the way we perceive it to be unless you're informed otherwise. That's, that's exactly right. So if you believe the stars go around the earth, your, your perceptions are going to line up with your experience you remember I talked about the explainer a few minutes ago, and your explanation is going to be, okay, the earth is still and the stars are going around, and that's a perfect explanation. So the explainer ties together your logical belief and your experience so that your belief makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, if you but, but if you say, well, okay, well, the, it's actually the earth that's spinning on its axis and the stars are stationary and it just looks like they're spinning around, then that's that's the logical explanation that you have too. So you need you need the experience, you need the perception, and you need the logic. And all three of them together make up your particular paradigm or your belief system. So if people simply start using an affirmation, and I'll give them an affirmation, they can write this one down. I am equally connected to my past and future. I'm equally I am getting information. Yeah. yeah, so I'm getting information from the past and the future simultaneously. And they simply meditate on that for a couple of minutes. What they'll realize is it's true. And once you start to recognize that you are getting information from the future and the information from the future is important and, in fact, is more important than where you're coming from, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. You can put me on on any place in the city that that I'm living in. You can just plunk me down there. And if I have a map and my friend's address, I can find where my friend lives. So all of us, it doesn't matter where we're coming from, as long as we have a goal, if we can form an image of the life that we want to live, we can experience it. We can find ourselves there. We can attract it. We can create it. We can produce it however you want to look at it. But of course, coming from the old paradigm that says, well, because I was born poor, I can never be successful. Or because I only have grade 10, I can never run a successful business. If you assume that that's true, then you will make it true. And that's all the explainer at work. And again, your, your thinking, your attitude, your perception of everything. Exactly. So your feelings, which are your experience. So what I say is the, your experience, your perceptions, and your explainer together, they create your reality. Interesting. Interesting. So you decide to look for evidence that the future is communicating with you. You'll see all kinds of evidence for it. And then that, that also has to do, with, I think, a little bit with your perception. I, I keep taking this back to the idea you know, about you know, watching how no matter what the theory was at the current time, whether it was pre-Galilean or afterwards, we still see the sun rise in the east and set in the west and whatnot. 
even though now we know that the sun's not actually moving. Um, what's yeah, that's exactly right. So we still right. call it sun up and sundown. Right. Even though we know that's not really the accurate case. So similar with the idea of future, if, if, if Einstein says that time really does not exist per se, the future does not exist, it's all happening now, we still are perceiving it as another place in time, so to speak. Yeah, that's exactly right. So again, I think the perfect analogy is to think about moving through space. You know, like I used to live in Toronto and now I live in Victoria, B.C. on the, on the Pacific Ocean. Well, Toronto is still there. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been there for years, but it's still there. And I have friends there and I have family there and I can get information from there anytime I want to pick up the phone and talk to them. So in a sense, Toronto doesn't exist for me. I haven't been there for several years, so my whole experience is around living where I'm living now. But I also know that it is there, and if I go there, I will experience the things that are happening in Toronto. I'll experience them when I'm there. And so it's exactly the same with having a, having a successful business, finding a new relationship, finding another job. If I believe it, if I work towards it, if I can convince myself that it's worthwhile taking action and eventually achieve it, I can create the reality that I want. I can create the job. I can create the relationship. I can create the income that I want. And my world has changed. Now, my family's world is not going to change. I can work like a dog to achieve that goal. And they'll still think I was just lucky. Well, that's, well, that's fine. You know, that's fine. But I can change my world. And I, and, I, and I think this is also something that we get caught up in. If we believe there's only one world... We can spend a lot of time trying to convince a lot of people that we're right. But, of course, that's just a waste of time. So what we need to do is to recognize that we are the creative force in our lives. Other people may never believe it. Other people can still believe the world is flat and that the you know, stars are going around the earth. But I can live in the, in the reality, in the paradigm in which I want to live just by making some decisions about what I choose to be true for me. Wow. So uh, I, that might actually wrap up the questions that I had for you per se, but I know I believe there are other things that you wanted to talk about as well, right? Well, yeah. Just just in terms of um, in terms of uh, you know the law of attraction. Let's say a lot of people are interested in the law of attraction. So the way that I look at it, and we can you know we can use that analogy again of going to Hawaii. You know, like if your listeners have a goal or they have something that they want to achieve and these days the economy is tough you know so if they want to achieve a new source of income or they want to achieve a new job or they want to get a raise really the process is quite simple what they have to do is realize that that possibility exists it doesn't exist as a physical reality just yet. Uh, I do want to clarify one thing though Let, let's, let's, let's not uh, confuse the situation here uh, it, I think the uh, viewpoint of the economy being tough is our perception. It does nece not necessarily mean that it's re in reality that it's very tough right now. That's how we're perceiving it at the time. We don't have to perceive it that way. No, you're exactly right with that one, and I shouldn't probably continue to harp on that. I'm just sort of assuming <laughs> that, uh, that in terms of goals, you know, I mean, if I read the newspaper, I can assume that a lot of people out there are struggling financially. Sure they are. And... So that's true, but uh, but of course, there's lots of people that are that are prospering too. Yep, absolutely. 
I was just uh, I was just invited to um, to go up north and do a law of attraction training for some uh, First Nations people oh, wow. in the northern part of Canada. They heard about me and they contacted me and invited me up there, and I ended up earning what used to take me about six months, and I got paid that for a for a one weekend workshop. So. That's a huge shift from where I used to be when I was driving a lift truck um, to where I am now as an author and a law of attraction trainer. So the shift that's happened with me since I started using some of these principles and now I make my living as a speaker and as an author, it's quite profound from where I used to be. So it is possible to make a shift, either a big shift or a small shift, and that, that idea that you can... Put your mind in your imagination. You can experience what it would be like when you have that new situation, that new relationship, that new job or whatever it might be. You put your mind there and you just ask your mind to start feeding you ideas and it'll happen. So repetition and consistency are probably the two fundamental principles that we all need to incorporate into our goal setting and our planning. It's it's persistence that makes the difference it's very true it's uh it's why you don't take one tennis lesson if you're a tennis player or a golf lesson or if you're you're a golf player you you have to repeat it over and over again and put it into practice yeah that's exactly right and of course the um what the golfer is practicing and what the and and what the professional golfer is is practicing today is probably the same thing that you and I practice when we go on the on the golf course. So he gets back to the fundamentals, putting and hitting and, and that sort of thing. Right. And so we do the same thing with these, what I call the five laws of success, you know, the magic, motivation, attitude, goals, imagination, and consciousness. Those are the fundamentals. And we need to practice those every day, the same as a professional golfer will practice putting or practicing hitting out of the sand. I think there's a famous Zig Ziglar quote uh, where he talks about somebody saying, hey, you know, I I took one of your uh, motivational lessons and, uh, you know, why should I come back for another one? And, you know, he referenced uh, the idea of it's being like bathing. If you take a bath once, you're not going to be clean for the rest of your life. You have to keep bathing yourself over and over again. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) You don't just brush your teeth once and and you're finished. That's right. (laughs) All right. So, Anthony, is there anything else that you want to discuss today? Um, Well, one thing I was going to mention is that my book, Mind, Time, and Power, is now available on Kindle as an e-book. Yay! Anybody can download it from anywhere in the world, and it's also available worldwide on Amazon. So you go to Amazon.com and look for Mind, Time, and Power, using the power of your mind to create your past, your present, and your future in the book. And um, I'd love to hear from anybody who has a copy of the book and has questions about it. Nothing pleases me more, really, than interacting with people who are using my material to make some progress in their lives. So I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime about it. Excellent. And I'm going to post those links uh, on the show notes there. So check that out, either the hard copy or the Kindle copy, Mind, Time, and Power by Anthony Hamilton. Uh, if you do read it, please let us know. Let us know what you think and uh, let us know if you have any questions. And I'm sure Anthony, as he just mentioned, would love to answer them. So, 
Alrighty. Well, Anthony, thank you once again for another great conversation. I, I, I have a feeling this won't be the last time we speak either. So. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure, Brian. I really appreciate your interest, and it was, it's great talking to you always. We had a great conversation last time, and I think another one today. So um, anytime. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, keep in touch with Anthony. Uh, I'll put up links to his YouTube sites. Uh, he has uh, on his website. What's, what's your web address again? anthonyhamilton.org anthonyhamilton.org check that out because he has uh, daily emails that go out on a regular basis he has courses that you could sign up Uh, very 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 a great mentor you are Anthony thank you Brian and uh, by the way when you go to my website you'll see a video on there and of course if you click on that it takes you to YouTube and you'll find my YouTube site Um, I've not that my YouTube site is getting lately about 10,000 hits a month. That's great. People are watching, yeah, 10,000 people a month on the average are watching my YouTube videos. So that's that's really um, a positive result for me, and it makes me feel great that people are enjoying my work that much. Well, congratulations to you on on that success and on other uh, all the other successes that you're going through right now as a result of all of your work. And... Uh, you know, I, I wish you continued success, and I'm, I'm, I know you're going to get it. You're on your own success odyssey, as we all are. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Anthony. And uh, so for the listeners at home, um, again, your assignment, if you can, get a copy of Mind, Time, and Power. Check it out and let us know what questions you might have and let us know what results are showing up in your life. Uh, As always, you can leave comments here at successodyssey.wordpress.com or uh, you can find the show at uh, iirnet.wordpress.com on the Inspirational Internet Radio Network or look for both in iTunes and leave comments there. So also, if you have any other shows that you'd like to include on the Inspirational Internet Radio Network, please let me know. And of course, as you know, we're also on the Overnightscape Underground, so check that out at onsug.com. And I want you to always remember, you are already living the life of a successful person. So be the successful person that you are and continue your journey of success with me. As always, I thank you for listening, and I look forward to speaking with you again next time. Namaste. Namaste.